What a blessing it is. John chapter number 18 in verse number 37. Uh, this is going to seem a little unusual uh, to, to go to the trial of the Lord Jesus the day he was crucified. But I think when we put it all together, it'll make a whole lot of sense. Jesus is on trial. Uh, he is being interrogated by Pilate. And, and we find that in the beginning, Jesus is, is explaining. Jesus is answering his questions. And then he asks a question kind of cynically, and then Jesus says no more. But we find in John chapter number 18, and by the way, turn to John chapter 3 too, all right? John chapter 18, and then John chapter 3, because we'll start in 18 and then go to chapter number 3, and, and then we'll, we'll finish up there, okay? All right, has everybody found their place? Everybody found their place? Say amen. John, and if you see somebody come in, you know we're in a weird time, right? It's not 9 or 11, it's 10, so there's going to be people coming in early and people coming in late. So if you see somebody looking for a seat and you got one beside you, point it out to them. Help them find a place. All right, say amen. amen. John chapter 18 in verse number 37. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. Watch this. To this end was I born. In other words, the cross was coming. And Jesus said, I was born for this. To this end was I born. And not only that, for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. I came into the world to bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate arrogantly, in a cynical way, he says, what is truth? Say that with me. What is truth? Jesus said, I came to bear witness. I came to reveal I came to inform the world what truth. And Pilate says, what is truth? And we're going to answer that question today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm so grateful for a full house. Lord, I'm so grateful for an opportunity to once again open your word and deliver truth. Father, I pray that you'll open the hearts of everyone that's here. Lord, my, my, my outline is going to mean nothing without the Holy Spirit's unction on it. Lord, you're the only one that can open the eyes of the people that's here. And I pray that you will open eyes, you will reveal truth, and your perfect will be done. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't, and don't let me forget anything I should. And God will be careful to give you the glory and the honor and the praise for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. In John chapter 3, verse 16, we just read Pilate's wanting to know what is truth. I don't think he really cared about truth. I think he was annoyed that the Jewish people had woke him up and came early in the morning about something that really didn't matter to him. 
So he cynically said, what is truth? Now, if we ask that question today, how many of y'all have been paying close enough attention to the world that we're living in and the culture that we're living in that we have a real problem with truth? A real problem. Ask anyone today. A Bible scholar wrote this. Ask anyone today, what is truth? And you're sure to start an interesting conversation. Matter of fact, don't do it at dinner today. Try it on a university campus and you're likely to receive laughter, scorn, and derision. The concept of truth is clearly falling on hard times. The consequences of rejecting it are ravaging human society. One of the most profound and eternally significant questions in the Bible was posed by an unbeliever, which we just read, Pilate, the man who handed Jesus over to be crucified. He turned to Jesus in his final hour and asked, what is truth? It was a rhetorical question, a cynical response to what Jesus had just revealed, that he had come into the world to testify to the truth. 2,000 years later, the whole world breathes Pilate's cynicism. Some say truth is a power play, a meta-narrative constructed by the elite for the purpose of controlling the ignorant masses. To some, truth is subjective. In other words, it's just whatever you want it to be. I heard somebody being interviewed on TV and they were presented with a fact and they said, well, that's your truth. That's not my truth. People have this idea that truth is just whatever you want it to be. Listen, not only subjective, but to some, the individual world of preference and opinion. Others believe truth is a collective judgment, the product of cultural consensus. In other words, truth is whatever the majority says it is. Well, still others just flatly deny the concept of truth altogether. In other words, there's no, there's no absolute truth. There cannot be any absolute truth. Now there's a reason that that's taking place. There's a reason that our society is going through this and experiencing this and, and speaking in this manner. And we're going to talk about it today in John chapter number three. As I read that, I I begin to think, you know, what, what is truth? What is truth? What did Jesus try to convey when he came to this earth? What is he, what did he come for? What did he come to tell us? What did he come to reveal to us? Well, Pilate wasn't serious. Pilate wasn't serious. He was annoyed. And as, as we said that the the question he asked, what is truth? It was a rhetorical question. He just wanted to be done with the situation. And so Jesus did not respond. He did not explain any further, but there was another man in the Bible There was another man in the Bible that came seeking Jesus and he was truly looking for truth. And I'm so glad that if ye seek, ye shall find. Jesus will answer the seeking soul. The problem, listen, the problem with truth is the only way that you're going to see truth is if you're looking for it. And there are people that you will talk to today. There are people that you will argue with today and you can argue till you're blue in the face. And if they're not looking for truth, it doesn't matter how much truth you put in front of them. They will not see it. But there was a man who was seeking. He truly was. He saw and he heard about Jesus and he heard about all that he was doing. 
The Bible says that he was a religious leader and he came to Jesus by night. And he says, Master, we know there's something different about you. Nobody can do what you do. Nobody can say what you say. They, they just, there's no way that this can happen without God being with them. What, what, what are you about? Why are you here? And Jesus refers, y'all, y'all know the beginning of chapter 3, you, you must be born again. He's confused and he begins to explain the spiritual, not the physical. But, but then we get down to verse number 16. Verse number 16 is probably the most popular verse in the Bible. And there's a reason for that. It's not just because sports heroes have put it on their eyepieces or, or they, the man with a rainbow uh, Afro wig is running around with a sign holding it up, John 3.16. There's a reason that this is probably the most well-known verse in the Bible because it's true. It's the truth. The truth will always endure. If you haven't noticed yet, the truth will always come out. Sooner or later, it's going to come out. And I I see that Jesus is explaining to this true seeker what truth really is. So for just a few moments, I want to share with you what Jesus said was the truth. Was the truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth. Everything he said was true. But what did he specifically say about us? about God himself. I looked at this these set of, few set of verses and I kind of did a DBS, Discovery Bible Study, and just asked questions. What does this say about God? What does this say about man? What does it say about the most significant subject in humanity? Salvation. What does it say? Let's look today. Look what it says. Verse, chapter 3, verse 16. If you found your spot, say Amen. Let's read that first verse real loud. Fairview, you got to read it so I can hear you now. Come on now, get with me. Here we go. You ready? Everybody read in concert. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Keep reading. That sounds good. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Keep reading. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth, come on, he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. You know what you just read? The truth. The truth. Real quickly, and I'll be quick. I know, I know this is a, a special, special day for all our families. But before you leave, you need to know the truth. And this is the truth. Jesus, he begins to explain the truth about man. 
Number one, if you have your, your notes in front of you, many of you picked up an outline today. First of all, he revealed the truth about man. A, if you're writing it down, we see the reality. The reality. What is the truth about man? Man is guilty. Man is guilty. Man is condemned. You say, well, I don't feel it. Whether you feel it or not, it's the truth. Whether you want to believe it or not, it's the truth. Man is condemned. You didn't, listen, you didn't have to tell a lie because to become guilty, you're guilty when you arrive. The Bible says, David explains it. He said, in sin did my mother conceive me. I arrived a sinner. You didn't have to lie to become a sinner. You lie because you are a sinner. We are all guilty. He said, I didn't send my son. I didn't say, you know, one of the, one of the greatest uh, excuses or uh, uh, the greatest critique of a sinner, a lost person, when, when you try to share the gospel with them or you try to uh, help them understand their condition, their situation. Well, you're just being judgmental. You're judging me. I'm not judging you. I'm telling you, you've already been judged. Humanity's already been found guilty. He said, I didn't send my son into the world to condemn you, but that you might be saved. You are already condemned. Man is guilty. Man is guilty. The Bible says in Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. Read it with me. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Not one righteous person. Romans 3.23. Romans 3.23. Watch this. Read it with me. For. Say it again. For. And come short of the glory of God. In other words, in order to attain God's righteousness, it requires absolute perfection. And because we are sinners, we've all fallen short. We're guilty. That's the reality. The truth is man is guilty before God. Then B, we see the reason. The reason. God explains it to us. We know the Bible says that he came into his own and his own what? They didn't receive him. They didn't take him. They didn't accept him. Even though, now this is amazing. I always wondered about this. How could they have so much information? How could it be possible? Everybody watch this. This is important. This is big. How could they have so much information concerning the birth and the arrival of the Messiah? So much so that even pagans from a foreign nation knew. You remember those wise men that came? They knew. And and the Jewish people had all of this information, all of this knowledge. Jesus said, search those scriptures. They are they that speak of me. So how could they not receive him? How could they not accept him? Well, Jesus gives us the truth. He tells why. The Bible says in verse 19, verse 19, and this is the condemnation. In other words, this is the reason they're judged and found guilty. This is the condemnation 
that light is come into the world and men loved what? Darkness. When, when, when you see the word darkness, it means to be kept in the, that means I don't want to know. They, they loved darkness. They didn't want light. They didn't want to know. They didn't want to be revealed for what they truly were. They loved darkness. Now, why did they love darkness? Because their deeds were you say, why did he come into his own and his own receive him not? Because if he, they received him, then what they were doing is wrong. You may tell you why atheists, it's funny, it's funny. An atheist will argue and fight and, and picket and, 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 and bring lawsuits against something that they don't even believe exists. I've never seen an atheist have a lawsuit against Peter Pan. You know why? Because they know Peter Pan does not exist. But watch this. If God exists, if he is real, then the law that God gave is real. And if he is real and the law that God gave is real, then the punishment that God Is this starting to make sense? If God is real, then I am guilty. And we would just rather be kept in the dark. Because when the light turns on, it reveals who we really are. Supposedly, one of the smartest men ever to live, Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking said this. Religion is a fairy tale for people afraid of the dark. Mathematician John Lennox responded with, atheism is a fairy tale for people afraid of the light. Does that not describe what we just read? They are afraid of the light. They are afraid of the truth. Because if it is the truth, then we are damned. We are condemned. Listen, this, this idea, the truth is whatever you think it is. That's the fairy tale. You are what you want to be. That's the fairy tale. So, oh, you, you just, you, you just, believe. listen, it takes more faith to be an atheist than it ever did to be a Christian. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Jesus spoke the truth about man. The reality is man's guilty. Man's condemned. Jesus said that the reason man is condemned because he is willfully ignorant. He chooses not to believe. He chooses to be kept in the dark because he knows if he steps in the light, it's going to reveal what's really there. But sadly, we see the result. Here's the truth, guys. Watch what it says. Watch what it says. Verse 17, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not what? Condemned. But, but he that believeth not is what? Say it again. Is. Here's the result. 
of willful ignorance. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is, the wages of sin is, Ezekiel 18.4, behold, all souls are mine, and the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. Read it with me. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Romans 5.12. Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all. Why? For that all are condemned. Revelation 21.8. It says, but the fearful and unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters, all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Revelation twenty fifteen, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Come on, preacher, it's Christmas day. Did Jesus not say, this is why I was born? I love Christmas music. I wish we sing it year round. I love, I love, I love the theme. I love the atmosphere. I love the, the mentality around it. Hope and cheer, peace on earth. But you've got to understand what the hope is about. You've got to understand that the peace on earth that is referred to in those songs is not talking about peace between Russia and Ukraine, peace between uh, 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 husbands and wives, or peace between children and parents. No, 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 no. You've got to understand there is a greater war going on, a war of good and evil, that, that we are, we need peace with God. And we'll never have the peace of God till we have peace with God. And you'll never have any of that till you recognize, understand, and believe what? The the truth. The truth is humanity is broken. The truth is humanity is condemned. We're damned. We've been found guilty. God has already pronounced judgment on sin. The wages of sin is death. But I got good news. It's like those shepherds on the side of that hill. Listen, they were keeping watch over their flock by night and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. But the angel said, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Good tidings means good news. Now, so far in this sermon, it's been pretty bleak. But I need you to understand how dark the situation truly is. I need you to understand what the truth really is because you cannot enjoy and rejoice in the true peace and the salvation that we have till you know how bad lost we really are. Here's the truth. Got good news. Good news. That's what the word gospel means. Good news. Good tidings of great joy. Which shall be to all people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior. Say that with me. A a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now watch this. He told the truth about man, did he not? Sure did. But thank God he told the truth about God. The truth about God. God's not some old man with a beard trying to figure out what's going on and just doesn't care about anything. He's not, he's not a tyrant up in the sky with a lightning bolt waiting on you to fail either. What did Jesus say about God? Verse 16. For God so loved the world. God so loved the world. Here's the truth about God coming from the lips of Jesus. First of all, A, if you're writing this down, he loves man. Man is condemned. Man is guilty. Man is doomed for eternal punishment in a lake of fire. But I got good news. God loves man. For God so loved the world. Say that with me. For God so loved the world. Say it again. For God so loved the world. But God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loves you and me. God loves you and me. Listen, 1 John 4, 19 says, we love him. Read it with me. Because... He first loved us. God not only loves man, B, he wants to save man. This is simple. This is simple. Listen, we don't need it complicated. You need to know the truth. Make the truth simple. Don't, don't, don't. Listen, everybody needs to understand this. You're in trouble, but God loves you. Hello. And God wants to save you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have what? God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. God wants to save man. Isaiah 45, 22. Look unto me and be ye saved. Look unto me and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth for I am God and there is none else. 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, read it with me, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Not willing that any should perish. God doesn't want anybody to die. God doesn't want anybody to perish. When we say die, we're not talking about the physical death. We're talking about the spiritual death that comes after the physical death. He wants us to live eternally. And by the way, we'll live physically again at the resurrection of Christ. Listen, the dead in Christ shall rise first. But here's what I need you to understand. God loves you. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you've done. God loves you. And God wants to save you. God wants to save you. Look at your neighbor and say, he wants to save you. Yeah, he wants to save you. Some of y'all need to wake up. Watch this now. He, I, he, there's another truth he said about God. He loves man. He wants to save man. 
And he gave his best for man. He gave his best. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, the one at his baptism that he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He gave him for you. I didn't have any sons. I had all girls. Four of them. I used to have raven black hair, wavy and gorgeous. <laughs> What's not turned loose is turned gray because of them. I wouldn't give none of them for ne'er one of y'all. I know that's not good English, but it's Christmas. And I can talk the way I want to talk. I got two grandsons. I think one of them's in the building. Is he in the building somewhere? He ain't? He is? Where are you pointing? Oh, there you Well, come on in the house, preacher's wife. Come on in. Look at that. That's him. Yeah. Fairview, they're looking at little Petey Mac. <clears throat> Peter Malcolm Morrison. I'm telling you, there ain't no way. There ain't no way I'd give him for you. The Bible says scarcely for a good man would one die. But God commendeth his love toward you and me that while we were yet sinners, meaning while we were in our sin, while we were being sinful, while we were being unlovable, he loved you anyway. And he gave the best that he had. What does that say about God? No, you don't understand. That's what it says about you. How much he loved you. He gave the best that he had. The best. I can't even emphasize that any more than I can, I can say that little baby in a manger was the most perfect gift that ever came to humanity. Some of y'all received expensive gifts this morning or last night, but nobody's ever given a gift like what was gift wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. Give God praise and glory. He gave his best. That's the truth. Let me give you this last one and we'll go home. Number one, we see the truth about God. Or the truth about man, we're in bad shape. We're broken, we're condemned. But we see the truth about God, he loves us. Man, he wants to save us. He gave his best for us. 1 John 4, 9 says, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, 
Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Then number three, real quickly, we see the truth about salvation. Here's the truth about salvation. I don't care what you've heard. I don't care what your Paul Paul told you. I don't, I don't care what you heard from Oprah. Oprah said there's many roads to heaven. Who is Oprah? Who in the world would be dumb enough to get their theology from Oprah? I think I'm going to just stick with Jesus. Look what Jesus said. Look what Jesus said. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way. That's that's just, that's, that's so simple. Say it with me. I am the way, the truth and the life. Read this part. No man cometh unto the father, but by me. Now, now subjective truth will tell you just whatever works for you. Just whatever you think, whatever makes you feel good. Whatever you want it to be, just whatever makes you feel closer to God, that will send you to hell. Because there's only one source of salvation. Only one. Say it with me. Only one. Look what Peter said. Look what Peter said in Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, not Muhammad, not Confucius, not any other person, not any other being, not any other culture, not any other religion, none other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's Jesus and Jesus only. First Timothy 2, 5. For there is one God and one what? Mediator between God and men, the Christ Jesus. If you don't go through him, you don't go at all. That's why Jesus said, I'm the door. I'm the door. What does a door do? It allows you access or it keeps you out. And Jesus will either allow you access into heaven or he will keep you out. There's only one source. The truth about salvation. The truth about salvation is there's only one source. Say that with me. There's only one source. Say, where do you get that in verse 16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth. Whosoever believeth. Whosoever believeth. In him. The one source, Jesus. Then B, there's not only one source. We're talking about the truth about salvation coming from the lips of Christ. He tells the truth. There's only one source. It's in him. There's only one method. There's only one method. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, what's that word? Believeth. Whosoever believeth. Verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned. There's only one method, guys. It's faith. It's faith. 
John three thirty six. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. I love Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Let me read. It's not in your notes. But the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Not works. This is not something you can earn. This is not something that you can, you know, there's, there's this myth, there's this myth that, that people believe that when they get to heaven, they're hoping their good outweighs their bad, and if their good outweighs their bad, then they get in. If, if not, that's not how it works. Doesn't matter how good or bad you are in your own ideas and your own thinking, you're guilty. You're condemned. And the only way, the only way to be saved In the simplest terms, the only way to keep from going to hell and make it to heaven is to place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus said, to this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world to bear witness of the truth. There's never been a greater truth told than what he told to Nicodemus that day. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And when we say he gave, this is what he's meaning on the cross. He gave his son to die. His son came and died on a cross so that you could make it to heaven. 